0: question, question everything. Everything. hello welcome back surprise because i didn't think i was gonna make an episode this week but i had some time what is going on guys welcome back to question everything with your girl kelsey If you're new here, hi, hello, get ready to dive into your subconscious. So I wasn't sure if I was going to put out an episode this week, but then I remembered that the 21st is on Monday and my birthday is on Saturday, so I squeezed this in and I thought I'd whip up a special one for you guys. I hope you guys are all doing well and have been doing your inner work. There is a lot of energy right now on earth and speaking for myself, I have been feeling it. Some days I feel like I can run 20 miles and other days I feel like I just want to sleep all day. I hope I'm not alone on that. (laughs) All I have to say is listen to your body and take care of it. So, since this is my birthday present to you guys, I want to talk about something that is very special to me and what has helped me understand life, per se. I've made a spiritual episode before, but by the title, I hope you know we're going to dive deep today. So, first, let's begin by saying, no one knows the absolute truth about anything, no matter how many books, documentaries, research, level of expertise, no one knows the absolute truth. And I will always refer back to how the scientists don't even know everything about our DNA, and they call it junk DNA. So, (laughs) we are all living through our own individual truths in our own reality. So, if some things that I say don't resonate with you, that is perfectly fine. Don't force someone else's truth into your own life. Listen to your intuition. But that being said, don't belittle someone just because you don't understand their truth. So, I got this episode idea because I recently posted a video on TikTok about my idea and my truth about Jesus and everyone and their mothers told me I was wrong. Okay, maybe not everyone. I'm being a little dramatic, but I didn't get a lot of people saying that I was wrong and all this. Okay, so I'm about to dive in. By now, you should all know that I believe in starseeds, and I believe that our souls come from different galaxies. And when I learn more about starseeds through my journey, whether that be through my favorite channelers or books that I read, everything they say feels like home to me. I don't know a better way to explain that, but I feel a sense of love and like a spark in my heart. And for those of you who don't know what a starseed is, they are individuals who incarnated on this earth to help raise the consciousness and vibration of this planet, but their souls come from different galaxies, solar systems, planets, etc. As I mentioned from Dolores Cannon's Three Waves of Volunteers, she explained that the younger generations are all starseeds. We volunteer to come down to wake up the collective due to how bad things are becoming down here on earth. The Galactic Federation cannot interfere with our free will, so that's why they haven't come down and helped us, or that's why they haven't made themselves present. Um, they can only help if we are about to destroy the planet, and that's why back in, I think, World War II or post-World War Two, they dismantled a lot of missiles. And that was during the atomic bomb, when the atomic bomb was created. So they dismantled all of that because they're like, oh, these idiots are going to blow up the freaking planet. Um, <laughs> so instead of them coming down here, since they can't interfere with our free will, other than if we destroyed the planet, they incorporate volunteers to help the collective by sending us to incarnate on this planet. And those volunteers, aka us, we have to wake ourselves up first because when we come into this planet, when we incarnate, we forget everything. Like I mentioned in the last episode, we forget our soul contract, we forget all our agreements because it's up to us as souls to remember and to learn and evolve. And going back to last week's episode about how some people think that Aliens are evil. Um, Like I mentioned, the good can't exist without the evil, vice versa. So I don't think that all of them are evil. Um, I do think there are a ton that are helping us. If you want to look more into that, watch Dolores Cannon's videos on YouTube. You can also get her books. I love her work. Her work is amazing. I was actually watching a video of hers this morning and she was explaining some channelings that she's done, and they try to help us. They so th- if you're not familiar with her work, she basically puts people under hypnosis, and she it's called hypnotherapy, <laughs> and she brings out their subconscious, which technically the subconscious is the collective consciousness. Technically, it's like its source coming out. It's them. It's the Galactic Federation. It's everything coming out. And they're very helpful and they're very nice. And I know some people will say, like, oh, but what if you're getting deceived? I, I don't I don't think so. Um, especially because oh, and the other argument is that what if she's making this all up? I don't think someone can make up that many stories and write books and books and make videos about it and make a living off of this. I mean, maybe it's possible, but everything she says resonates with me. And, oh, and then the part where what if she's getting deceived by, you know, demons or whatever. Um, I don't think so because when she channels or when she puts people under hypnosis, like I said, the subconscious comes out and usually the subconscious tells Dolores what this person needs to work on, tells her things they need to improve, et cetera, et cetera. And most of the time she says that it's funny that they come out and tell Dolores things. And so, these are all different people that she meets all over the world. And if they're all saying the same thing, almost as if, like, you see a friend and then two months later you see the same friend and you guys carry on the same conversation, that's kind of what happens. And she said that they have helped her change her diet. They have helped her stop drinking Pepsi because that's all she drank. And they were telling her that she she needs to take care of her health and they are protecting her. Um, They said that every time something's canceled or a flight's canceled or something doesn't go the way that Dolores planned, they said that that's them protecting her from mayhem. I guess one time she was going to go to Turkey and I guess her flight got canceled or they, they told her that, she shouldn't go, and they told her through three different patients. So, how could all these patients know about Dolores wanting to go to Turkey? Anyways, they told her not to go, and then eventually she found out that there is a catastrophe that happened that year or something. But yeah, like I said, they're just trying to help. I know not all of them are nice, but they're the collective consciousness, the subconscious is trying to help us. Like I said, as starseeds, we have to wake ourselves up first, and I don't know if it's just me, but I have met so many starseeds and talked to so many people my age or younger who resonate with all this information. Most recently, I've been hanging out with some old friends, and I have been speaking my truth, no longer holding back, even if I sound crazy. (laughs) And the more I talk about it, the more they want to learn, and honestly, I was surprised. Last week, I actually went over to my friend's house and her other friend who I've never met before was there. And my friend started asking more questions and saying, tell me more. And her friend was sitting there like, what is going on? She was just sitting there all quiet. And I thought she was, I honestly thought she was thinking she's a crackhead, like this girl's a crackhead. (laughs) But then after I was explaining everything, I asked her, what are your thoughts on this? And she was like, I honestly believe everything you say. I think it's fascinating. It's almost like starseeds just know or have always known that they're here for a different reason. And there are certain words or key phrases that trigger them to an awakening, wanting them to know more instead of shutting it down. So I think that's really great. But anyway, some major signs that I knew I was a starseed were that my whole life I was obsessed with the sky. I love looking at the stars. Even when I was younger, all I wanted to do was stargaze. And in college, too, that's the only thing I suggested to my friends that we do. Like, let's go stargaze. Let's go in the middle of the desert and stargaze. I I love it. And everything I owned in elementary school was galaxy-themed, like my notebooks, folders, etc. I think I even had, like, galaxy leggings or something or galaxy shirts I was also into astrology at a young age and I think I've mentioned this but my cousins and I would go UFO hunting all the time and I know some of you might be well like isn't everyone into those things nowadays but back then like in my childhood early 2000s no one really talked about this stuff I feel like that is also a reason why astrology and horoscopes and charts and Spirituality and all those things are trending now because we're all awakening to our passion about learning about where we come from. Even if it's just on a subconscious level, everyone is somehow still attracted to wanting to learn more or is pulled to learn more. Another big sign that resonated with me was having this feeling of being homesick. It was extreme when I was younger and I never understood why or I never understood the feeling. I would try to go hug my mom to see if that made me feel better, but it didn't. I just felt like I was yearning for a place I didn't even know. And I've also talked about this multiple times, but I had this knowing that I wasn't my body. I remember this one specific moment. I don't think I've told this story, but when I was four or five, I was at my grandma's house and I had a vision where I stepped out of my body and was looking at the planet from the outside in. I mean, I've talked about that before, but because I've had it multiple times when I was younger, but I've never said this part. I got a visual of a cartoon. So, my interpretation of that was we are living through a cartoon and we are just characters and this is my character for now. And I'm pretty sure I tried to explain this to my grandma, but she didn't pay attention or she just thought I was being silly. But I would have these like dissociation episodes all the time. And I know any sane person or anyone who doesn't believe in this stuff might think, "Oh, you might have a mental illness." <laughs> like that's um I think it's called dissociation in Science, I guess, but I honestly don't think it was like a mental illness or anything like that. It only lasted throughout my childhood, like really young, and once I started growing up, I just lost it. And I would always have this like dissociation of I'm just a cartoon character. <laughs> but I clearly, I I clearly remember always identifying my life to a TV show. And now looking back, it all makes sense. And most star seeds if this is their first incarnation on this planet, we'll have a harder time and we'll have a dissociation with humans, feel like they don't belong or like this isn't their body. And I don't know if this is another characteristic, but I always told my mom that I had superpowers. I told her that I was like the Powerpuff Girls and I could do things with my eyes and I had this vision. I'm not sure if I actually did. Not... I just don't remember, but I thought that was pretty funny to add. And also, recently, I've been getting more random childhood memories or memories that I didn't even know I had. And the explanation for this, because I've heard other channelers talk about the same thing or remember dreams that you've had when you were younger, significant dreams that you had a while ago, it's because of the shift that's happening right now, the energetic shift, the veil thinning time is morphing into one. I mean, time doesn't exist. It's an illusion. Past and future don't exist. The only time that exists is now. But anyway, that is why, like, all these memories are coming back or nostalgia and all that stuff. But I've been getting a lot of childhood memories recently, and this one is so random, but it relates. So, I would... When I would use the bathroom, I would just sit on the toilet even after I was done and I would talk to aliens or my guides or I thought they were angels, Um, but they did look like aliens. I then asked my mom and she said that I always did talk to myself, especially when I was alone and honestly, I think it's pretty cool that I I have been getting these memories and I'm remembering all this. And it makes sense. So another thing is that starseeds hold so much wisdom, understanding. They're very advanced. Um, like, their brain works 20 times faster, if, especially if this is their first time incarnating on this Earth. So that being said, school bores us. And Dolores Cannon talks about this. I think I've mentioned this in an episode and that's why people, a lot of people, are misdiagnosed with ADHD. Our minds are just more advanced and cannot be held put, especially in a school system. And I mean, if we look back on the education system as a whole and why it started, who created it, cough, cough, Rockefellers, I mean, that says enough for itself. And I mean, I'm just going to share this quote that I found by him, the man himself. I don't want a nation of thinkers. I want a nation of workers. So, that's why he created the school system to dumb us down and keep our abilities away from us and make us forget who we are. So, here are some physical, I guess, traits that you are a starseed. I was looking at some articles about this. And I thought that this was pretty interesting. So, 65% are female, 35% are male compelling eyes, great magnetism and personal charisma, sensitive to electricity and electromagnetic fields, lower body temperature than the norm, chronic sinusitis, extra or transitional vertebrae, hypersensitivity to sound light odors, swollen and painful joints, pain in the back or neck, adversely affected by high humidity, survived life-threatening illness involved in a severe accident or trauma. So, out of these, I just want to mention that I am so sensitive to light and I never understood why. Like, every time I walk outside and stuff, I squint so hard. I'm very sensitive to light and the joints, my knees... I've always had knee problems ever since I was a kid and I always thought it was just because of dancing or the sports I did, but the doctors can never figure out what's wrong with my knees and I have extreme, extreme back pain. I think I just, I do have extra vertebrae. Um, I, yeah. So, all this, oh, I'm also very, I hate humidity. I don't like it. Um, We went to Florida one time, and I was like, nope, not for me. Nope, can't do it. (laughs) Here are some emotional traits. Feel a tremendous sense of urgency to fulfill their missions. Always me. Experience a sense of oneness with the universe. Yes. Many have difficulty dealing with or expressing emotions or have a chemical imbalance. Also yes. Um, Another sign is you've had extraterrestrial experience. I'll believe in life in other planets. Always. I always have. Ever since I was a kid, I just, I never questioned it. I just knew. (laughs) At an early age, they had some kind of extraterrestrial, religious, or mystical experience. Yes believe they have encountered alien entities of an extraterrestrial or multidimensional level of being of light, telepathic communication with an alien entity, physical or non-physical. They receive some form of communication from a higher source. Another sign is out-of-body experiences, near-death experiences, or astral projecting. Uh, Metaphysical signs are You believe in spirit guides angels you've had an intense religious experience you believe in god or a creational source energy you believe in miracles had an invisible playmate as a child yes saw an elf or a fairy have seen ghosts aware of parallel existence at time in other worlds you've had contact with deceased loved ones believe in reincarnation, have past life memories or memories from parallel experiences, you can perform healings on yourself or others, whether that be mental or physical, you have experienced a white light during meditation, experienced clairvoyance or clairaudience, have made prophetic statements, prophetic dreams, or had visions, see auras, and you like to practice automatic writing. So, that was just some couple things that starseeds have, I guess. Here are some 10 significant signs that I also found. So, one, like I mentioned earlier, you feel like you don't belong here. Starseeds feel like they do not belong in this world. If you feel like you have always been different and this place is not your home, you are probably a starseed. One common thing about starseeds is that you are homesick for a place that you can't even describe. Yes, yes. You have a deep yearning to explore in hopes that you will find the place where you would feel at home. However, since you are born from the stars, you have to realize that your home is not on earth. You are a visitor called upon to shed light to those who need it. In essence, you are a star who has come down to share their shine. Number two, you are highly sensitive. Yes, <laughs> a star seed can pick up a vibe As soon as you enter the room, you are naturally aware. If there is tension in the air, people can't hide their true emotions from you. You don't even need words to confirm. Your high level of awareness energy is enough to know what is going on. As a result, you become an extension of the energy around you. You easily absorb everything the news may stress you out more than other people. Yes, too much socialization can wear you out as well because you carry the energy of every person you interact with and this is one of your special gifts. You just need to know when to withdraw so that you don't get too overwhelmed. So, I know when someone is down or something happened to someone, even if I'm not around them or if I talk to them every day. Like, I could just feel people's energies through the phone too. It's kind of crazy. I also can feel people's intentions right away. Um, If their intentions are good or bad, I can tell when someone's lying. I can tell the tension between people. I've always been the one to call before people start dating. I'd be like, they're going to date soon. And people are like, how do you know? I'm just like, I just can feel it. Like, I can just, I can see. I can see when people like other people. Like, I always called that too. I'm like, oh, you have a crush on him. I can tell. <laughs> I don't know. I can just feel the energies. And the part where I can't socialize, it's funny because I'm a Sagittarius and I have a Gemini placement as well. So, I'm a very social, outgoing person, but I am also very shy, but not shy because I want to be, but shy because I, like, subconsciously know to reserve my energy. I don't know. It's kind of weird, but I love going out and talking to people. I love meeting new people. I'm very good at talking to people. But after parties or after going out with friends, I feel exhausted, even if I didn't drink or anything. Even the other day, we went the other day, like three weeks ago, we went Black Friday shopping. Um, I went with my parents and I felt like I ran a marathon. There were so many people out, of course. And we went to two stores and I felt so drained. When I got home, I knocked out and it was like 6 o'clock or 5 p.m. I knocked out and my mom was like, the energy of the people, huh? And I was like, yeah, like it's insane. And I know I should have protected myself and I should have probably cleaned myself when I got back. I just didn't really think of it. Should have been more aware of that. But yeah, that's also why I've Talked about how when I worked at Starbucks, I would always carry their energy. When I worked at the airport as well, because there's so many people from so many different places, it was just not good for me energetically because I would just pick up everything Okay sorry number 3 you experience vivid dreams as a star seed your dream life is probably a roller coaster ride you dream vividly so you experience everything as if they were real there were probably times when you woke up crying because of your dream yes this is because your soul hyper experiences things beyond the physical realm star seeds have psychic abilities this is why it is very important for you to take note of your dream patterns your dreams can be used as a gateway to the divine to send messages or signs That will help you fulfill your purpose even better. Number four, you like being of help to other people. If you're still wondering what a starseed's like, remember all the times you have helped other people. It's because being of service to other people is written all over the DNA of a starseed. No matter how much you try to say no, you just have this inner desire to serve other people. A word of caution for starseeds, remember that being kind and being a pushover are two different things. While helping others is your nature, watch out for those who will abuse your special gift. Avoid these types of people. I I love helping people. That's why I do this podcast for you guys. And I, I think I'm always the friend who gives the advice or people always come to me for advice and stuff. Wow, that sounded very cocky and I don't mean it like that, but I just love helping people and I'm always the one to check up on my friends or go do things for the community. The other day, I was telling my friends that I want to go give the homeless blankets or food or go pick up some trash in the park or something just because I, I, I don't know, I just want to go do something. So, because I had that idea, I actually took one of the kids that I mentor and we, and we went to go buy blankets and we handed them out to the homeless and that was really fun. But yeah, I just love helping people and, but yeah, like it says, caution. Set your boundaries. Like, it's okay to say no. It's okay for you to take care of yourself, take care of your energy, because people will take advantage of that. And I had to learn that the hard way. I'm still working on setting boundaries. Um, number five, you're an idealist. Starseeds are idealists. You perceive the world the way it should be. Your mind keeps on repeating scenarios where things play out better than reality. You always crave for personal development and growth and things and people around you. You have a vision for a better world. Yes, 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 yes. Even though bad things happen every day, Even though bad things happen every day, your idealist self will always see the silver lining in every situation. This is how hopeful your soul is. A starseed is never one to give up. You firmly believe in the potential of everything to become better than they currently are. 100%. Number six, you form deep relationships as a starseed, you may find yourself having only a small circle of friends. This is because you value depth when it comes to relationships. You are friendly to everyone, but you choose whom you open yourself up to. This doesn't mean that you have high walls. In fact, you let everyone in. Facts. (laughs) But to put it simply, you have a more special place in your heart for a few people. They are the ones who understand you. They are the ones whom you feel deeply connected to. That is true. I still have the same two best friends from high school, um, and my best friend from college that I consider, like, my close, close friends. Number seven, you are very intuitive. You cannot call someone a starseed if they don't possess a high level of intuition. It's just not possible. Their intuition is so strong that for some it has become their main guide in fulfilling their purpose. You are a starseed if you're extremely in tune with energies within and outside of you. This includes your own thoughts, emotions, and the energies of people and things around you. Your sensing power is so strong that not even the energies of animals can get past you. Just by mere sensibility, you can already assess the chakras around you. And like I mentioned before, I feel everyone's energy, so yes. Number eight, you are naturally drawn to metaphysics. 100%. A starseed is a natural when it comes to metaphysics. You are a different level of consciousness that lets you work with energy and other multidimensional concepts. You easily absorb things that are metaphysical. You are naturally curious about how things exist. You always question life. The abstract of it all. Metaphysics has become your go-to when looking for answers. Although not every mystery is answered, you consider metaphysics as a powerful tool in understanding life. Yes. Number nine, you are empathic. Empathy is your middle name. No stars you can ever deny the fact that they strongly feel for others. You share people's happiness and sadness as if they are your own. You are your friend's favorite when it comes to opening up. It's because you always understand their emotions. You are not judgmental. You always see where people are coming from this is one of your best attributes. Your empathy has made you win a lot of friends over. People like you because you genuinely care. While you are doing a great job lending your ears to people, make sure that you also recharge. Being everyone's shoulder to cry on can be very draining, so learn to take care of yourself as well. This article is just blowing up my ego. (laughs) Um, Number 10, you are a baby and animal magnet. 100%. Have you ever heard of the saying that babies and pets will always know who the good people are? It might sound silly, but if you want to know if you're a starseed, observe your relationship with babies and pets. They should be naturally drawn to you. You should be able to get their attention and trust even during your first meeting. Animals and babies are comfortable in the presence of starseeds because they are subconsciously aware of your good nature and divine energy. And that's so true. I... I'm not saying like I'm a baby magnet or a animal magnet, but even my my cat, she's always around me, my dog. um when I meditate especially, they both just sit right next to me. They just I don't know, I think they just enjoy that calming energy. Um, but same with babies, every time I see a baby, they just stare at me. I noticed that when I went to the grocery store when I was first learning all all about this. And I was putting awareness to it. I was like, why do why do babies stare at me like this? Um, hello? <laughs> what you looking at, little guy? <laughs> That's really cool. However, many starseeds are unaware of their gifts. Most often than not, you are left to wonder why you feel and think a certain way. So, I'm here to clarify that you're not alone. And I know this may come off as like, oh my god, these people are special. They think they're special. They have gifts and everything. But in reality, if we think about it, we're all seeds. Like, these are just... I think the way that seeds are described, especially in this case, are the more prominent ones, the ones who have incarnated for the first time on Earth in this lifetime. Like, this is their first lifetime on Earth or maybe their third or fourth. So, they're newer to this planet, but... I think everyone, in a sense, is a starseed because we all come from the same source. You get what I mean? But our souls individually, the ones who are the volunteers, are newer to this place. That's why we feel different. But in essence, it's not that we're special or anything because technically, if you are an older soul and you've been on Earth for longer than the baby starseeds, then you can also tap into your abilities and tap into your nature. But it's because you've been trapped on this planet for so many years in karmic cycles or whatever the case may be, the density of the earth will eventually make you forget and forget and forget who you are. And then soon you'll just, every lifetime, you'll just be calling starseeds crazy. But I don't want anyone to think that, oh, you think you're special. Like, no, 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 no. Because that would be ego-related. Starseed is just a symbolic term to fit the, I guess, the newer volunteers that are here. And I hope that makes sense. But anyways, if you are a starseed, don't ever think that you are weird because I thought I was really weird as a kid, (laughs) but uh, we are not weird. I believe that there are many of us out there, especially the newer ones. The reason I feel that the newer volunteers are the younger generations are not all awake or are not all aware is because of how brainwashed we've been or conditioned to forget we've been with technology and the educational system. But there are a lot of people or a lot of starseeds per se that are waking up and are resonating with all this stuff and it's actually pretty cool. I think it's exciting, especially as time goes on and as we ascend. So, I want to talk about another story that resonates with this stuff because this man was also an alien lover. So, my grandpa was a commercial pilot and he was obsessed with aliens. And I absolutely loved hearing all his stories about how many UFOs he'd come across while flying. He was a full-blown believer. He owned alien bobbleheads, alien t-shirts, alien everything. My whole family thinks he was also a spy but that's a whole other story. But when my grandpa passed away when I was 9 or 10, I remember speaking in front of everyone at the funeral and saying, I will forever miss your alien stories. But what happened after that is kind of crazy. So, after my grandpa passed away, my uncle and my mom went to go see a psychic medium. And the medium told them that My grandpa kept urging her to tell them to look at this one specific book he had because he highlighted something important that we needed to know. I guess they didn't think anything of it at the time and they weren't even sure what book she was referring to. They were really confused. And it wasn't until my uncle moved houses, I think a year or two ago, that he found the book. So, that medium told him that back in 2011, and then my uncle found the book recently in like 2018, 2019. When he came across the book, he felt pulled to it and said, oh shit, this is the book that she was talking about. So, I went over to their house over the summer, and since I'm into this kind of stuff, they showed me the book. And the medium said that he kept saying, look at the book, read the highlighted page." And the book is about the Mayan prophecies and it was written in Spanish, which now looking back, I think my grandpa didn't know more than he let on. Maybe he was a spy. My grandma has crazy stories of him, like, just leaving and saying he had to go do work, but it was, he couldn't talk about it. I know most of you were like, maybe he was cheating. No, that's not it. Mm Mm-mm. My grandparents loved each other very much. No, but she also said that he almost got bribed to being a Freemason, but he hated them. I need to get more information from my grandma, honestly, but she said that he got into a lot of things, but all my uncles and aunts and my mom think that he was a spy, so I don't doubt it. So, Like I said, this book was written in Spanish, and I cannot believe I'm just remembering this now or talking about this, but I'm going to share what the page says. I did translate it before putting it on my outline, and here's the translation of the page that he highlighted. The top of the page said, in our evolution to the next level, the collective mind. The predictions are taken as a legacy for us to become aware and try to overcome the changes we face as a step prior to the next evolutionary stage to which we should be destined. Mayan priests tell us about a time of transformation according to them. All systems based on fear will enter into crisis to give way to a more evolved reality in our civilization. As we saw in the prophecies, the religions based on a god who inflicts fear will give way to a spiritual path common to all humanity, more free, less dogmatic. The rapid changes that are coming are necessary for a renewal of geological, social, and human processes. The prophecies seek a change in the mind of each person so that each one understands that he is part of everything that exists and not an isolated organism. He assures that they sent us an alert message so that we can mobilize beyond the borders of our countries in a global union. The only thing that always remains is a spirit on its journey to a higher level of evolution. The economy should turn towards the common good, ceasing to comfort man against himself. Financial speculation will have no place in the universe of harmony that is predicted. And that was the only page I had a picture of because I took a picture of it. But now that I'm thinking about it, I kind of want to read the whole book. Um, But isn't that crazy? Was he trying to tell us to wake up to unity consciousness before shit hits the fan? And that was back in 2011. And my grandma said, that he would always read these books. He had so many of them. And since he was channeling through a medium and since he's already on the other side, he must know the truth about everything now. So, could it be that the unity conscious is the way to go? That we are all one? We are not individually separate? There is... The illusion of separation is real, I mean, I know that, but I know some people can't conceptualize that or understand that. I honestly can't believe that I forgot about this and I've never mentioned it. But anyway, going back to my story about my truth, because I'm going all over the place, I 100% believe that we're not from here. Like I said, we're all from different galaxies, stars, planets. However, we all hold unity consciousness, no matter if you're a human, an alien, an animal, a plant. The source, divine universe, God, whatever you want to call it, that consciousness, that light force runs through all of us. And it's also the source that Jesus held to when he was on earth. He was the only star seed during his time trying to wake everyone up to our abilities. Again, this is my belief, and people have confirmed this for me, such as channelers, hypnotherapists, mediums, books, etc. But like I said, if this doesn't resonate with you, that's perfectly fine. Do you guys remember the Surgeon Wendy? Obviously, because that was the last episode I posted. On my last episode, I talked about the Surgeon Wendy. Well, she also told me that she has channeled him. And she told me that he is a... I forgot what race he was. A Syrian alien race? I don't remember. But she said that he is an alien, of course, who came down to wake us up like we did as a collective of volunteers. And he told her that he never wanted to be worshipped, that man made it that way to confuse us, to infiltrate fear, to keep us from attaining our full power. And like I mentioned before, fear is the opposite of unconditional love of who we actually are. And they've all said the same things about him, not just Wendy, but the other channelers and the other books I've read. All the stories that I've heard correlate to the same message that he was trying to portray, that he didn't want to be worshipped. He was here to help us love ourselves, to help us unconditionally love everyone. I mean, it makes sense. It might not make make sense to you, and that's perfectly fine, but I have been getting a lot of comments, like I said on the last video, that they're like, well, what if the person you heard this from is lying? And I'm like, like I said, I didn't just hear it from one person. (laughs) I've heard it from so many people. And honestly, if when we start worshiping an external force, whether that be celebrity, politician, idol, we are willingly giving our power away. And he said, since we are all one, we all have the source in us and we need to focus on ourselves and not precisely worship ourselves, but love ourselves. And that just resonated a lot more with me than following a religion and hoping someone will come down and save me because even in personal growth, like religion aside, spirituality aside, in psychology, personal growth, it's all about self-love. It's all about you saving yourself and knowing that the love you crave is already within you. So, my idea, my theory, I guess you could say, of the second coming of Christ is The Great Awakening is us awakening to unity consciousness, also known as Christ consciousness, but we'll get there. Because once we do that, once we start healing, that's when all our abilities and our gifts will start being emphasized. And I think that's beautiful. That love unlocks, self-love unlocks all of this. Again, this is my truth. What resonates with me, but I just felt called to share this. So going back to what my grandpa was trying to tell us, That book talks about unity consciousness. Obviously that whole page was talking about unity consciousness and knowing that we're all one. And it's funny because my grandpa was very religious and made my mom read the Bible and everything. And now he's trying to send us this message. I mean, yes, he was religious, but he also was into this stuff in this in his lifetime. So maybe in a sense he kind of question religion and kind of wanted to learn more about everything. I really don't know. I wish he was here and I could ask him. I was also nine years old when I last saw him. So, okay. This next part, I was midway blow drying my hair when I got this download and I rushed over to my laptop to type this out. Stay with me here. So, the synchronicity of information coming at me amazes me every time it happens. So, I was watching EA's new video, ironically, talking about Christ consciousness and December 21st and what's going to happen to us next year. And it's, like I said, the synchronicity. I had just posted my video on TikTok about it and then I watch her video and I'm like, wow, coincidence. Not. So, she, like I said, the video was about her explaining what will happen to us in 2021 for light workers and starseeds or for those who are awakened and doing some healing and inner work. She said that the Galactic Federation told her that 2021 will be a great year for us because we're already one step ahead of the rest of the collective and that we need to fully, fully grasp and fully, unconditionally love ourselves and love others. Throughout the whole video, she was talking about the different things that we're going to experience and for those who are not awakened or who... Are closed-minded who aren't spiritual, haven't been doing their healing, next year will be rough. It's not going to be fun for them. The GFL told her that those who aren't aware will encounter a lot of chaos, anxiety, mayhem, collapse, illness, confusion, purging, almost like what we went through through our own awakening, because they won't know what's going on. She didn't really explain what exactly is going to happen, but a lot of different people are predicting different things but for the most part, it's not going to be fun for them. For us, we will see through everything. We will continue to do our inner work, continue to raising our vibrations. And that being said, we will be the people who are going to help others r- realize what is actually going on. Uh, more people will start to wake up and start to ask questions. So, they will most likely come to us or want to learn more about it. So, that's going to be cool. But she also said to stay away from the polarity because. The polarity is gonna get a lot stronger, stronger than Trump versus Biden, I guess, and all these crazy, crazy things going on. So the download that I was gonna talk about before going off again, that I got when I was blow-drying my hair, hear me out. The most significant wave of star seeds are Gen Z millennials and the generation before them, right? Right. But the most prominent, like most significant one I think is Gen Z. And the elite, Illuminati or whatever, they know this. So, isn't it odd or suspicious that this generation grew up on social media? One of the leading causes of body dysmorphia, depression, anxiety, etc. Social media promotes Instagram models, all this stuff that people try to live up to, and it's always in the palm of their hand. Like, I know other generations grew up with magazines and supermodels and television stuff, but... I feel like Gen Z has the worst because they grew up looking at these Instagram models with Photoshop pictures, trying to become like them, even though there's no possible way because most of their photos are Photoshopped. Anyways, that has caused a lot of depression and self-hatred for this generation. And I think we've all noticed that. What if they knew that because Gen Z is so advanced and are here to wake up the collective, they created social media or advanced technology to dim their light by provoking self hatred instead of self love, and I know some of you might be like Kelsey, you're crazy. Like, what? What does technology just evolves? It just gets better throughout the years. But hear me out. If we we take the theory that they have had this technology since the 40s, like for example, cell phones and all that, they if they have they have had advanced technology forever. Like conspiracy theory aside, if everything is true about the underground tunnels about secret space programs, about time travel, about aliens helping them, the bad aliens. They have the technology. They have had the technology forever. They know about Nikola Tesla's free energy. They are just playing us and just giving us crumbs year by year, making it seem like evolution of technology or is advancing, but they have it all. So, they are kind of gatekeeping it from us, but like I'm saying, they purposely did this. They purposely set up social media for this generation to grow up on, to dumb us down and dim their light and promote self-hatred and fear so they will never truly wake up to their powers or never truly attain their abilities because, like Elizabeth said, she isn't even at that unconditional self-love level that we should be at. And in the society, it's fucking hard to love yourself unconditionally. Even those who are working towards healing like I am or even those who are aware, it's hard because we we grew up and are so conditioned to our phones and social media, so it's crazy. And I honestly think that they did this on purpose. But... And honestly, like, this generation's addicted to social media and their phones and stuff, and it's kind of crazy, and especially now with how short our attention spans are and everything, like, it makes sense. I don't know, that's just something that came to me while I was blow-drying my hair. I was like, damn, what if, what if I just crack the code? And I know it doesn't make sense if you don't know about everything else that they've done. Like, of course, they're conspiracy theories, but at this point, are they? (laughs) So, if you aren't aware of all the technology they've had or all the alien encounters they've had or the underground tunnels with the, I don't know what to call them, the trains that go like at the speed of light that go from one side of the country to the other, you know? So, they have this technology. They've been to space. They've time traveled. Like, don't you think they're just crumbing us? They could have had, honestly, they could have had social media in the 80s, but they're like, no, let's wait for Gen Z because Gen Z is going to be the star seeds that are here to help humanity and we don't want that. So, let's dumb them down. Honestly, this might not make any sense, but it just came to me when I was blow-drying my hair. I thought it was kind of cool to add. Um, Anyways, (laughs) this brings me back to Jesus and his powers. So, why, if we all have Christ consciousness, why is Jesus the only one that was able to use his powers? You know? Well, for one, he had unconditional love. He had unconditional love for himself and unconditional love for others. And that's why I think Elizabeth was preaching that, that we need to reach that level of unconditional love. And I also think that that's what he was trying to teach us and trying to tell us because essentially that's what we are. That's, we are just that. That's our core being. I think I just had a whole epiphany just like talking about all this because it makes sense. And honestly, like there are some people on this planet who can do things like what he did, like heal and move things or whatever, like. Have you ever heard of telekinesis? And Reiki healing. Reiki healing is pure healing from energy. And that's exactly what he did. Of course, probably not to the extent that he did because we need to reach that point of unconditional love, that 5D vibrational consciousness. And I don't think there is... I don't, I don't, I haven't heard anyone who has reached that level. Even Elizabeth April, who channels the GFL and everything, hasn't even reached that level. So it takes a lot of healing and it it takes a lot of acceptance and understanding of everything to get to that level. And and he had it. But there are people who are kind of midway there with, like I said, Reiki healing, divination, all their psychic abilities, um, clairvoyance, um, having visions and stuff. Like, we all have the same consciousness. So, let's talk about it. Let's talk about Christ consciousness because I know it triggers some people because of their previous beliefs, but hear me out. Let me explain what it actually means. So, in essence, Christ consciousness is just a label, a name that we as humans gave it to symbolize the all-knowing. It doesn't particularly relate to any religion. It just is. If it were directly correlated with Jesus himself, it would be called Jesus Christ consciousness, but it's not. And this is where people start to misinterpret it. The concept of Christ consciousness needs to be understood as a universal truth. Christ is the great master of Jesus's title, not his last name. Jesus the Christ which means anointed, one of God, or chosen by God. So Christ wasn't even his last name. Christ was Jesus' title. Let me repeat that. Christ is not his last name. It's a title, aka another label. Christ is the English term for the Greek word Christos, which is a translation of Hebrew word Messiah. Followers of Jesus believed him to be the Messiah as prophesied in the Old Testament. Therefore, they often wrote Jesus Christ, meaning Jesus Christos, or is the Messiah. Krishna in India was really Jadava, the Krishna. The words Christos and Krishna have the same root and thus similar spelling. The Sanskrit equivalent of Christ consciousness is the Kutasha Chaitanya. Paramhansa Yogananda explained that the Christ consciousness is the spiritual essence hidden at the core of each individual. In fact, the core of every atom of creation. So essentially, Christ consciousness is God's infinite intelligence that is present in all creation. Everything that exists is a manifestation of God's own consciousness. The universe was dreamed by him into existence. The atoms of creation form part of that dream. It's the awareness of the presence of God at the heart of every, at the heart of everything in creation. Every atom, being, plant, rock, animal, sun, moon, everywhere. When you expand your identity from this body and personality to the omnipresent spirit, you realize your consciousness to be everywhere, all throughout the entire universe. Then you have attained Christ consciousness, just as Jesus and the other masters have. So, now the question is, who is God? And that's the thing. When people think of God, they think of a man. And I always felt as if that wasn't correct, even when I used to go to church. Again, my beliefs. Once I learned that God is the divine energy, the divine source, the consciousness that lives inside us, that made so much more sense. It's not a man nor a woman, and I've said that before. When I think of it, I think of a huge light source like the sun, but all glowy and full of love, like just this bright energy source, like this beautiful light. I don't know. That's how I see it. Okay, so you might be able to understand Christ consciousness more clearly by thinking of an analogy with your own dreams. In our dreams, there's one character that is us. All the objects and everyone else is not us. We do things and interact with those people and objects, and it seems so real in the dream. But when we wake up, we realize that it wasn't real. We were only dreaming. Everything in the dream was created out of our own consciousness. We are the dreamer, not the dream. In a similar way, God's consciousness creates the universe. This doesn't in any way mean that it's defined by its creation or limited to it. Any more than a dreamer's reality is limited to his dream. Our task is to wake up from the matrix of everything that's been spoon fed to us and find the truth within us. Here's another analogy. When the sun alone exists, you say the sun alone is manifest. But when you place a crystal ball in front of the sun, you have three things the sunlight beyond the crystal ball, the sunlight in the crystal ball, and the crystal ball itself. So, in this case, the sun is God, the sunlight beyond the crystal ball is its consciousness, and the crystal ball is us with its consciousness inside us. Then, relating it back to religion, the consciousness, the spirit, however you want to label it, because, again, these words are just labels for us to understand. Consciousness and spirit become three things that you might have heard of before. God the Father, Father of all creation the Christ reflected within creation and the conscious vibration, which is called the Holy Spirit. Our destiny is self-realization. It's the universal intelligence. The Kutasha Chaitanya of the Hindu scriptures was fully manifested in the incarnation of Jesus, Krishna, and other divine ones. That's not to say that we are all God because I think that's what triggered people when I made the TikTok. I said, technically, we are all God in the flesh because its consciousness created us and we are projections of that consciousness. So, you too are a creation of this unity consciousness, which is one with cosmic consciousness. You just have to wake up from the matrix. This is what St. John meant by, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, John 1, 12. So how to, how do you experience Christ consciousness? Because we all have it. We just have to tap into it. We all have to dive in. In order to receive the Christ consciousness, we must expand our sense of self. We must want to find God, just like knowing it's time to stop dreaming and get up in the morning. We reach a sense of wanting to know the divine. You develop human sympathies. Every time we do a kind act, the energy in the spine rises. Go beyond your comfort zone and expand your sympathy as much as possible. Practice spiritual qualities such as love, joy, peace, healing, and meditation. Feel your consciousness expand out to include all those in need. Like I said before, unconditional love does not mean romantic love or love evil people but having compassion for everyone you meet and respect because if you look beyond the physical of everyone, the physical avatar, the human body, beyond their experience, we are all the same thing. We are all unity consciousness. So, I know some people will be quick to argue this or be triggered or whatever, but I just invite you to take a step back and look at it from a much larger perspective. This physical world we live in is man-made. The house you live in was made by a man. The food we eat is man-made. The phone you're listening to this on is man-made. So, that being said, religion and the Bible are also man-made. And I've said this before and I mean no disrespect. Christianity is not the only religion. There are so many. But they all are man-made. And they were made so we can conceptualize that very meaning of unity consciousness. However, of course, along the way, things get misinterpreted or were placed to manipulate us by the elite to follow an agenda. But at its core, every religion goes back to one thing, spirit, source, consciousness. So what I'm trying to say is that I am seeing things from beyond the physical, beyond a Bible, beyond this world. I am seeing this from a perspective of energy, consciousness, because even in The Four Agreements, he talks about how everything is a symbol that we give meaning to just for us to conceptualize on this 3D plane of existence. For example, we created language. Language is a symbol for us to communicate, but we gave the word significance and meanings. If we step back and look at Language as just a sound without meaning, as just a vibration. That's all it is. It's just a vibration and frequency. That's why when you're trying to manifest or you're doing your daily affirmations, they won't work if you say it like this I am powerful. Those are just vibrational sound waves. The power behind these words are when you give them a significance and a meaning and you feel it in your heart and you give it emotion. So I am powerful. Okay, that was really bad, but like, you know what I mean. So, going back to religion and church, being man-made to manipulate. So, there's many reasons that I can point out and that I've talked about, especially in relation to the elite, but one of the main things that never sit well with me is how the Bible religion tell you how to live or who to love, what's right and what's wrong. As spiritual beings having a human experience, we each have our individual path to go through on this 3D physical. Like I said in the last episode, we each have our own soul contracts. So, if the church is interfering with that, then is your soul actually going to evolve in this lifetime like it should? If you're listening to them not doing the things that you feel called to do because they say it's wrong, you're not experiencing everything you need to experience because a physical book or a physical group of people or a building that you go to every Sunday told you not to. Like, it just doesn't resonate with our free will, in, in a sense. Like, do you see where I'm going with this? Now, I know some people will refer to what if what I'm doing or want to do is wrong or is bad or evil. So, first of all, going back to language and symbolism, those words are symbols of a vibration. And in this case, those words would correlate with lower vibrations if you give them that meaning and that significance. But let's say you are of the LGBTQ community and you know in your heart that that is who you are, but you go to church and they tell you that that's a sin and the only person you are hurting by following their rules is yourself. I'm only referring to Christianity because I know other religions are different. By following this set of rules or this book, the only person you are hurting by following these rules is yourself because you are not allowing your soul to fully experience its purpose to fully evolve and learn. And this is what I mean by man-made Bible or set of rules. Most most of these rules weren't made by source itself. I was actually researching when it was written. And it was written 400 AD, meaning 400 years after Jesus died. Also meaning that a lot could have been misinterpreted. It has also been translated so many times. And even if it wasn't, how whoever wrote it was channeling source or was told these stories by passed down generations or however the case, but it wasn't through Jesus himself. You know what I mean? It could have been rewritten a million times to fit an agenda as well. And I'm not saying everything in the Bible is for the agenda or everything in it is evil, but it has definitely been manipulated. Like I said, they changed the word pedophile to homosexual. They've changed a lot of things. I also believe no one has ever said this, but I also believe that they purposely put stories um, of the fallen angels portraying them as aliens for us to not trust where we actually come from. See? So, like, manipulation. Because like I said, there can't just be evil aliens. There has to be a balance of both good and evil. So, going back to the rules, like I said, I, I'm, re- I'm only referring to Christianity because that's mainly what I grew up on, like, because I was a Catholic. So, this is what I personally know. And these specific religions, they say that if you don't follow the word of God, which again, they're just symbols, you're going to hell. Okay, okay, let's talk about hell and heaven because I've been getting a lot of questions like, if well, if you don't believe in this, then what do you think happens after we die? So, again, these two words are just vibrational symbolic words that people have given significance to heaven and hell are just states of consciousness and from what i have learned from different mediums or people who have had near death experiences your consciousness and your beliefs follow you into the afterlife so that is what you're going to that is what you're going to perceive Again, I don't know the full truth, but this is what I resonated with, so bear with me. There was this one story where I read in one of the million books that I have. It was a medium channeling this kid's father who died, and the father was extremely religious, like, hardcore. I don't remember exactly what religion, but it wasn't Christianity. But anyway, the kid was telling the medium that his dad was really tough on him about this stuff and made him follow said religion and shoved it down his throat that he resented it and he resented his father for it and he wanted to apologize to his father and his father was channeling through the medium saying, I hope you're still practicing your religion. And the kid was like, I don't get it. I thought if he passed over, he would see the truth about the all-knowing, about religion. And the medium said, this happens a lot to people who have consciously accepted a religion or their beliefs and made it their whole lives, that consciousness is then perceived on the other side. And they get stuck in that beginning phase, kind of like a limbo between source and reality. Eventually, they will get to the all-knowing, but the stronger their beliefs were here on earth, the longer they will stay in that limbo, because it's a state of consciousness. So it's like a dream. You get to decide what you perceive. Of course, other factors fall into this, such as how you were as a person on the physical. If you were high vibrational and practicing unconditional love and healing and trying to evolve and learn your lessons, then you will go to a higher vibrational plane, also known as heaven. If it was the opposite, then you will go to a low vibrational plane. And this also ties back to karma and then reincarnation and all this but it's all made for our souls and energetic bodies to experience, evolve, and learn. And after we completed every karmic cycle and we completed all our lessons and everything, we become spirit guides. We become the highest vibrational sources and then we don't have to reincarnate. Another thing I get a lot is that this is the devil deceiving me by believing in unity consciousness rather than Jesus himself and again the devil is just a symbolic word that you give meaning to and the more meaning you give it the more power you give but the thing with unity consciousness or Christ consciousness is the emphasis of owning your own power loving yourself unconditionally just what he was trying to teach us and by doing that by loving ourselves unconditionally that will flow into the collective and I've said that before Well, essentially, once we unconditionally love ourselves, by nature, we unconditionally love everyone else because we are all the same and we just have that acceptance of everyone. And if you are worshiping an outside source, an external being, whether that be a celebrity, idol, politician, or source, you are willingly giving your power away. Because instead of focusing on your own shadows, your own love for yourself, your own healing, you're giving it away to someone or something else. And you are giving that person expectations of the expectations you should have for yourself. I don't see anything evil or demonic about practicing self-love and healing. And even from a non-religious point of view and just coming from a point of view of personal growth, like I said, psychology on this 3D plane as a human, to grow as a person and learn lessons in this lifetime, you have to heal, forgive, learn, and love yourself. So essentially, personal growth and healing trauma is the same thing as spirituality or an awakening without the awareness of the metaphysical parts. Again, I'm not saying we're God or that we should worship ourselves because that sounds silly, but all it really is is unconditional self-love. And then the other argument is in regards to the second coming of Christ and that he's going to save us. Well, like I said, My idea of it is that we are awakening to our own self-love and healing. If we're thinking of terms of second coming and we all hold Christ consciousness, I personally think they were referring to us awakening to it and knowing that source is within us and coming through us to save us. So technically, we are saving ourselves by stepping into our sovereign being. Again, religion aside and comparing it to psychology or personal growth, we have been told time and time again that no one can save us but ourselves. When we get into a heartbreak, people tell us, don't get into another relationship expecting someone to save you because only you have the power to do that. We can't expect an external person, force, or being to save us when that source is already within us waiting for us to utilize it. I hope I'm making sense, but the whole worship culture, even if it's just celebrities, is just so toxic because it takes the importance away from your individual growth because you revolve yourself around this person and what this person said or what this person does. And in regards to Jesus, I feel like people are waiting on him to come and save them. I'm sorry, but that, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to say this without sounding disrespectful, but that is just your ego wanting to feel superior or special. Like, needing someone else or needing that validation or needing that, needing to be saved is just your ego blocking you from doing your own healing and reaching your authentic being. And that's another comment I got, that spirituality or my way of thinking is very egotistical and that Christianity is releasing the ego. And although that may be true to some Christians who practice it, I think it's quite the opposite. Telling someone to do with their life is completely coming from the ego because the ego wants to take control. Not respecting someone who is of the LGBTQ community is from the ego. Telling people they're going to hell because they had an abortion from the ego. And... Speaking of abortions, like I said, we all have a soul contract that includes babies who are aborted. And that's so crazy to think that why would you only be incarnated for two seconds or however long you were in that body just to be gone? But it also creates a karmic tie and also creates a bond between the mother and the child. So, let's say in this lifetime, the mother just aborted the baby. The next lifetime, they will still be together, because they had to finish that karmic tie. So, the next lifetime, she will have that baby, or they will be siblings. And it was also a lesson that either the mother or the baby had to learn. And as crazy as it sounds, there's a lot of significance to it. It goes in depth with the karmic cycles, because maybe in the past life, it was the opposite way around. Things like that. But anyways, judging someone for doing those things because a book told you so is ego. Telling someone they're going to hell for anything is ego. So on the other hand, Christ consciousness is the complete opposite. It's just knowing that everything is. Everything is what it is. There's no judgment or telling people how to live their life. It's pure, unconditional love. Of course, some people in this community still act superior or special, but it's hard work and I don't blame them because sometimes I do let my ego jump out too and I do let it get in the way. I hope it doesn't sound like I'm shoving this down anyone's throat. But, oh, even going back to that, like, that's another thing that just rubs me off the wrong way when people are like, read the Bible. Like, no, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I got this comment the other day on one of my Instagram posts that was like, since you read so much, why don't you read the Bible? Like, first of all, that was really rude. <laughs> Second of all, that was pure ego. But anyways, like I said when I was talking about the star seeds, no one is individually special because of your beliefs, your label, the way you act, or anything. Everyone just is. We are all coming from the same source. Of course, on the physical, everything has polarity. Everyone has labels and symbols, and that's where the ego jumps out, but we have to remember that we are all one, and that's why I emphasize squashing the ego. And again, going back to the core, special is just another symbolic word you give meaning to. I think I'm going to get that tattooed. Okay, so every time I listen back to my episodes, I'm always like, damn, I should have added this or I forgot to say this, so I hope I didn't forget anything but I hope you guys enjoyed this. Oh, wait. Actually, there was one more thing I did want to add. Good looking out, Kels. Okay. Um, So, I was recently watching this video of Lori Ladd. I don't know if you guys know who that is. I don't talk about her a lot, but she's another channeler that I watch on YouTube. She channels Galactic Federation. So, she was talking to this man that she had on her Instagram Live who works for oh my god, I forgot what it was called. TSL or LST. I'm dyslexic, so. Um, and I guess it's an organization on Earth that involves alien species. Crazy, I know. But anyways, you guys should check out that video. But throughout the video, they were talking about the good and evil aspects and how people think that these beings are evil and the disclosure that might happen or the fake disclosure, the Project Bluebeam. So, in regards to the good or evil, he was saying people perceive things that they are conditioned to perceive. So, he gave the example of, let's say that you went to the dentist and you were knocked out because you were getting dental work and all of a sudden you wake up, and this is like your first time at the dentist ever, and you wake up and there's a drill in your mouth and there's blood coming out and you see someone with a mask on, like, scary looking like, you will immediately think that this man is trying to kill you, right? If this is your first time at the dentist, you knocked out, you have no recollection of where you are, like, you will automatically think this man is trying to kill you. There's a drill and there's blood, but it's your perspective. But if you change your perspective and realize that this man, this dentist is actually trying to help you and help you heal your teeth or help you with any problems that you might have, you will understand that you are at the dentist. So, you get what I mean? Like, it's a change of perspective. Like, these aliens beings, benevolent beings that are trying to help us, they look evil. They are portrayed evil in all of Hollywood. That's another sign. When they are portrayed evil in Hollywood, they obviously want you to avoid them or scare you into not trusting them. When the media talks about it, they don't always talk about them being good and they emphasize abductions and all this stuff. But, I. I also suggest you read Dolores Cannon's books and how many times these beings have abducted people to help them heal, to help them heal from diseases, to help them heal from trauma, from injury, from anything. So, like I said, just be aware of your perspective on things and if it has been conditioned through society or through religion or through what people want you to know or want you to think, just question everything and trust your intuition, use your own discernment. I hope that my words don't trigger anyone in a bad sense, but this is just my beliefs. Anyways, let's get into questions. Is it true that you can sometimes form soul ties with someone through having sex? Ooh, I love this question. Okay, so this is kind of TMI, but I think it's important. Ever since I found out about soul ties and energy, I haven't had sex in almost two years, I kept feeling like shit afterwards or very icky, and I just thought it was me overthinking it. But the more I learned about energy, the more it makes sense. So yes, you can form a soul tie with someone through sex, and now you both have a karmic tie. But what's even worse than that is that the person can also suck up your energy or vice versa. According to Dr. Daniel Amen, yes, I did look this up, A psychiatrist, researcher, and author, he explained whether a person is sexually involved with another person, (laughs) neurochemical changes occur in both their brains that encourage limbic emotional bonding. Limbic bonding is the reason casual sex doesn't really work for most people on a whole mind and body level one reason it is usually the woman who is hurt the most is that the female limbic system is larger than the males it could eat you up to the point where you get suicidal thoughts and of course again tmi but i was a dumb college student doing dumb college things if you know what i mean and i was very very depressed and i think this was one of the main reasons why so be careful it also can stop or slow down your manifestations and it will altogether just keep you at a lower vibration, so just be careful. And if you do end up doing it and feel gross after, take a bath with sea salt and tell yourself, I break the soul ties that don't benefit me. Your words are powerful. Okay, next one. Could you do an episode where you talk about the books you have, how to find good books, and where? I have most of the books you recommend, and I'm trying to find more. A lot of them don't really give much information, but the ones you have on your Amazon list are really good. Love your podcast. Hello. Well, thank you. And yeah, so I mention all my books and all my episodes, like pieces of them. I just sprinkle them in. Um, I find mine through just looking them up and looking at the reviews, or I get recommended some. I try to buy mine from Barnes and Noble or local bookshops because I don't want to give Jeff Bezos any more my money. But sometimes I can't find the books, or I want them right away, so I do stick to Amazon. Um, Honestly, David Icke's work. I love his work. I resonate with his work the most, but a lot of his work and Dolores Cannon's a good one. um, I don't know. I'd have to look more into it. I honestly, I haven't bought books about conspiracy theories in a while. I've been more so focused on my spirituality, so I haven't really been reading a lot of those either, but I will keep you updated if I find any new ones. Next one. Hey, first off, thank you for all the research and the time you take to make each podcast. I love listening and being enlightened by your podcast. I was wondering if you have any recommendations of podcasts for mental health and spirituality. Thank you. Hello. Well, well, thanks so much for your support. And I honestly don't listen to that many. Ever since I started mine, I do look some up, but I never stick to any. Um, in college, however, I used to listen to this one called The Mindset Mentor, and I know if you have Spotify, they have a mindfulness category that you could look through. I also used to listen to Oprah's before I knew she was evil, but she had some great guests and a lot of good episodes, but like I say, listen, but stay skeptical. So question everything, but I mean, her content's pretty good. Next one. In one of your episodes, you said that Jewish people were the closest thing to Jesus and their DNA, and that's why Hitler was so obsessed with them, and I was wondering what Black people were. I know only Black women have the Eve gene, and it could create any race possible, and even Back during slavery, they would try to tamper with Black women's wombs to make them weaker. Even today, medical studies show Black people's bloods, organs, and skin more powerful than the average man. I was just wondering if there was anything you can find on that. I'm sorry if this didn't make sense. This made perfect sense. Don't apologize. And okay, so relating back to my whole episode of what I just talked about, unity consciousness and stuff. So consciousness is beyond physical, right? But DNA is the physical. So, because my, the reason I'm explaining this is because my answer is going to sound very contradicting and the reason and the way that I talked about how Jews were the direct descendant from Jesus and their DNA. So, the DNA is a physical trait, correct? So, that is just 3D. But since they have the direct descendant DNA, they have an easier capability of unlocking Christ consciousness rather than other people who have to do more work. If that makes sense. I don't know how to explain that. So we all have Christ consciousness, but we don't all have his DNA. Does that make sense? Looking, I think people get too stuck on the 3D. And that's where the polarity comes in of black and white, good and bad, and that's where racism comes in and calling someone ugly or calling someone beautiful because people are too focused on the 3D physical. Looking beyond that, we are all the same. Like, at top-notch level, we are all the same. But since you are asking about a more 3D level question, I will answer it more back to a 3D level answer. So, let me go back down. Um, I was actually reading something about this Black man who had this particular blood type that doctors couldn't figure out how he got it, and I think it was called the gold blood. I also have heard about the Eve gene. In 1988, scientists said that Black women were the mothers of all humans, and that's why it's called the Eve gene. There's also a theory that they are direct bloodlines of the Anunnaki, which the Anunnaki, in theory, are the beings who created human beings, and so they are the real humans because they are direct bloodlines. The rest of us were genetically modified, so it makes sense that they were the ones who were targeted because the rest of the world felt threatened because, they, like I said, they have the direct DNA, so that DNA will give them a bigger capability or more access to Christ consciousness, to their abilities, without having to do the work or without having to wake up, essentially, because they'll just know. I hope this makes sense. I don't know if that makes sense. I'm kind of just like word vomiting, but I hope that made sense. Okay, next one. I believe Keanu Reeves is one of the good aliens or reptilians. He's oddly well preserved. I'm a big fan of him. So I haven't heard much about him being that involved, but in regards to celebrities, because he is one, in one way or another, if they are signed to a big label or are the mainstream or are in the mainstream, they are a part of the satanic cult, if you want to call it that. We have to remember that these people, at least most of them, didn't know what they signed up for and didn't know that they were going to do awful things they did to attain the fame that they have. All they're thinking of is living out their dreams and signing a contract. Most people don't even read contracts. So, most of the time, if not all the time, these people are under mind control or have no cognitive control of their body. So, and then other people try to fight it off. Like, how Kanye West is and and Britney Spears and all the celebrities that go crazy. If you watch Isaac Cappy's last videos before they killed him, he explains that there are different levels of evil to this. So I'm not saying that Keanu Reeves is a reptilian or not, because I honestly don't know. But essentially, when they sell their soul, the malevolent beings, most of the times they are reptilians, go inside these people. So, they, since they sell their soul, their soul goes to the back burner and these reptilian souls, the evil souls, the demon souls, go inside the people. And most of the celebrities are actually direct bloodlines and are destined to be famous. They don't even, they're not even aware of it, but of course, the elite, the people behind the scenes pulling the strings know and lead their life up to fame. It's crazy. It's crazy how it all works. It's simulation. It's all set up. Anyways, I think I lost myself in that train of thought. Um, (laughs) Next one. Hey, girls. So what are your thoughts on Alex Jones and Joe Rogan? I'm listening to Joe's podcast confirming Hunter Biden's email, and they're saying a lot of interesting things, but I heard that they're under MKUltra 2 or something like that. So, I've actually gotten this question a lot. I listen to some of Joe's stuff, but again, I take it with a grain of salt, and I think every bit of information that you receive or find should be questioned, whether that be from people that are in the mainstream, like they are, or even me. Joe reminds me of another Stephen Greer, that they pretend they want to give us information to help us, but they are also being controlled. So, just use your own discernment. Um, Like I said, in regards to celebrities, none of them... Most of them don't even know what is going on or that they, they are being controlled. So, maybe he does have good intentions, but they are being controlled. It's controlled opposition. Take it with a grain of salt. Use your own discernment because some of the information they, they do drop is valuable, but that's when they get you because they say valuable things and then they twist it. But anyways, I hope that answered it. <laughs> hey, Kels, I love your podcast and all your videos. Okay, I've been having a lot of these dreams lately. a while about a lot of things that you talk about in your podcast. Lately, I've been having a lot of dreams about Project Bluebeam and other New World Order prophecies. I was raised in the Pentecostal church, so I thought that was religion guilt tripping me and warning me about the rapture, but then I realized the universe is trying to tell me to wake up. So, I really want to start my own spiritual awakening. Where should I start? What should I read? What should I watch? Any tips you can give me? That would be great. Oh, you're so cute. Thank you. And wow, that's crazy. I feel like we have all had similar dreams and I love that your intuition has brought you to wanting to learn more about these things and that they resonated with you well for starters I think this episode was pretty good one to take note of but again if it doesn't resonate with you that's perfectly fine you could also listen to my spirituality episode where I talk about more of this stuff and I'm going to tell you the same thing I told someone last week in the questions There's not a set structure to spirituality and that's the beauty of it. If you want to check out some good books that have helped me, click the books tab in my bio where you found this questions tab and I recommend either starting with this moment is your miracle or the universe is calling you and if you have any other questions, let me know. Um, Oh, I also recommend the four agreements. That's a 100% you have to read. (laughs) I recommend that book to everyone. But yeah, like I said, if you have any questions, let me know. All right, next one. Kind of relates to this last one. What is shadow work? Where do I start? Okay, so I know I talk a lot about shadow work and I do get so many questions about it, even still. So, I'll go more into detail about this. So, here's the truth. Since we live in a world of polarity, good cannot exist without evil. So, that being said, we all have a demon and angel per se, inside of us. I'm just using these terms as symbolism and for you guys to get a better picture of what your shadow is. Our shadow is our internal demon, our hidden side. That's why most people say I'm fighting my demons when they're going through a rough mental state. Everyone carries a dark side, even if we don't like to admit it. Shadow work can sound scary and some parts of it may be rather uncomfortable. It is necessary work to uncover true joy and peace in life. If we don't do shadow work or we don't and we keep repressing those emotions, it can manifest as issues with mental health, diseases, feeling low, self-worth, addiction, scarcity, mindset, and other mind-body health issues that can affect overall quality of life. Our shadow self often harms our life in ways that we are unconscious to as habitual reaction to particular places as triggers or things. Our shadow self blocks us from acting for our own greatest good and can prevent us from reaching our true potential in life. The idea of the shadow self was first conceived by Carl Jung, a 20th century psychologist from Switzerland. Wait, okay, pause before I go on. So, you know how it said our shadow self blocks us from acting for our own greatest good and can prevent us from reaching our true potential in life? So, that's what I mean by when I met with my download or my theory earlier about Gen Z. Like, they purposely brought these people down. They purposely infiltrated self-hatred onto them, making them feel worthless to keep their shadow huge. Do you see what I mean? <laughs> my mind just works in fascinating ways. Sometimes I get lost in it. But anyways, <laughs> um, Carl Jung. Okay, so... In his field of psychology, often referred as Jungian psychology, the word, I don't even know if I said that right, Jungian, Jungian psychology, the word shadow refers to hidden parts of our being. This may be parts of ourselves we try to repress because they make us feel sad or wounded. This is a side that we don't show society, such as when we are at work or school. It can also indicate how we internally perceive ourselves as being weak or in pain that we feel the need to hide these parts of ourselves. Carl Jung believed in the integration of the shadow side so that our full self is acknowledged and we can live in a balanced way. Until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct it will direct your life and call it fate. Oh, that's deep. We often go through life attempting to hide our shadow. That's what society tells us to do, right? At some point in our lives, we discovered what pain was and started to repress that feeling. Most likely, this happened as a child, sometime when growing up. Then we begin to tell ourselves the story that it's not okay for anyone to know our struggles and battles, that we have to be good at all times, that any negative emotion we feel is not right. In hindsight, we will see these internal battles as what helped us further our lives and our vision of success. The truth is that we wouldn't know our greatest success or potential if we didn't fight our greatest battles. This means the shadow must be acknowledged. This is the basis of shadow work. If we just focus on the good sides of life, those of which feel light, joyful, easy, and happy, life will feel very one-sided and lacking in depth. Classic shadow signs are anger, blame, laziness, but can also be insecurity, codependency, or even independence. Life is a multi-phased experience that desires to be experienced from all angles to be understood and live fully. The good, the bad, the light, the dark, the pretty, the ugly, the gray areas, and the in-between. If you continue to bury your shadow, you may feel fractured. You may never actually move past them to see what else life has to offer. The pain and suffering we see in the world around us are often mirrored by our internal pain and suffering. Isn't that crazy? We all have these aspects within us in one way or another. Let's say, for example, the road you take to work each day is littered. You can either take action to work with your own town to face the issue, inform people not to litter, and enforce the solution, or it can continue to get worse. The same goes for our internal dialogue. If our minds and emotions become polluted then we may not be able to think clearly. Our emotions may lead us astray and cause us to act unknowingly. An internal cleanup must happen as well as rewiring of your internal dialogue, just like in the situation with the road. If we ignore the problems all around us in everyday life, the pain and suffering will continue. It is only in facing our difficulties that true change can be made, and the hope of peace can prevail inside and out. Shadow work may seem counterintuitive on the outside because you will have to face your pain instead of running away from it. The process works by allowing yourself to feel and understand the pain aspects of yourself so they become fully integrated instead of treating it like a castaway. It takes courage and an open heart, which are valuable tools to learn along the way. Another important thing that I will add to this because people think that shadow work is demonic or evil or that's usually when people turn away from spirituality and go back to a religion because it does get pretty dark and it is a shadow for a reason, but you can't live those joyful times without facing your shadow. And it's not just doing shadow work. You also have to finish it with light work. Um, It's facing them, accepting it, forgiving yourself, and loving yourself. Everything. And or if it wasn't just a you situation and someone else was involved, you forgive the person. It's a lot of It it does take a lot of courage and self-love to do and an open heart, and it's okay if you're not ready to do it. Just aim for for that goal to be ready. So, why master your shadow self? We can start to work with the shadow side of ourselves to create positive change in our lives. It is a form of self-examination. Shadow work is an introspective psychological practice that anyone can do and can lead more fulfilling life. When working with a shadow, you may have moments of awakening that lead to greater authenticity, creativity, and emotional freedom. Other benefits include improved relationships through understanding yourself and accepting others, increased energy and improved immune system, overall enhanced state of well-being and mood, better communication with others, ability to set boundaries in your life, cease the cycle of self-destruction other benefits that they didn't include. Your manifestations will come 10 times faster. Your psychic abilities will come 10 times faster. You will reach that unconditional love 10 times faster. Okay, so let me read some ways that you guys can do it. Key steps to doing shadow work. No emotions are bad. As we become more aware of our insides, it can seem we actually feel more get annoyed more because we're aware of even small reactions that probably went unnoticed before developing this awareness through meditation, we're able to identify even the smallest reaction to things. Again, this is awareness. It's just you're more aware now. This can be annoying, but it's an important step to healing. Negative emotions are portals into shadow work. They help us eliminate the location of these wounds so we can better examine them. For example, maybe you find people who are really good at asking for things annoying. This could be a projection of unmet needs or a secret desire of being scared to ask for help. Maybe you believe asking for help is wrong or that you don't deserve to receive assistance, so it's you projecting it. That's also why people encounter triggers. If something makes you mad and you get triggered, dive deep into your shadow and look what is going on because most of the times it's something mirroring you. When you feel an emotion, ask yourself, What am I feeling? Why am I feeling this? Stop, breathe, and wait for the answers. They may not come right away and that's okay. Sometimes answers need time and space to arise. Don't force answers because they might be the wrong ones, ones from your ego and not the soul. Soul work happens on its own timeline, not a human timeline. So be patient and know that in time, the answers will come. I hope that first step made sense. Second, identify the shadow. The shadow by nature, subconscious or rejected, identifying it can be risky. It's such an integral part of our psyche that it can be difficult to notice. This also makes healing through shadow work difficult. The first step is to become aware of ongoing patterns in your life. Do you consistently encounter the same problems or experience reoccurring feelings? These patterns help to highlight the shadow. So, for example, I always... Okay, I'm gonna get real personal. Um, So, I've never had a boyfriend and I've said that before. I've had... I guess, situationships or things with guys, but they always end up the same way or I always go for the wrong guys or whatever. And I think it just stems from unhealed childhood wounds and I never realized it until I started noticing the patterns and the way I got hurt and the way that I never set boundaries. So, it took a lot of digging deep to understand that I needed to heal that part of myself and also give myself that love that i never received because i was craving it from someone else and that someone else was just giving me a reflection of the way i was treated as a kid so i'm trying to say this without as many details as i can um so it took a lot of like realizing and awareness of like oh this this keeps happening like what's going on so then i did some journaling i dig deep and things just started spilling out And yeah, that's one of my shadows that I had to face and still working on. Common shadow beliefs include, I'm not good enough. I am unlovable. I am flawed. My feelings are not valid. I must take care of everyone around me because I was never nurtured as a child. Why can't I just be normal? So if you have any of those, maybe dive in. If you're ready, of course. Like I said, You don't have to force yourself to do anything. Do it if you're ready. Okay, number three, investigate with compassion. Doing shadow work with compassion is difficult. It's easy to fall into blaming ourselves or others while it's important to recognize key themes that have influenced us, particularly in childhood. We must forgive those who hurt us in order to move on. Try to navigate that balance by recognizing how others' behaviors may have influenced you while understanding they did the best they could and were simply acting from their own wounds this kind of ties back to the four agreements. He emphasizes forgiveness and you have to forgive the people who hurt you because they did the best they could with what they knew. And the moment that someone can't forgive someone else, when I talk to someone and they're still angry at someone or um, in my family, if someone's still angry or whatever, the moment that I talk to someone and they tell me that they can't forgive this person for this thing, whatever, I recognize the healing that they still have to do. And it's crazy the awareness that y- you you gain from doing this on yourself because you know that that person's still hurting and still holding on to it. It's not about the other person. It's really about them because they are allowing their ego to not fully forgive. So, it all goes back to the ego, essentially. So, break down your ego, guys. It's not a, it's not a good... It's not your friend. Your ego is not your friend. <laughs> But yeah, I've noticed that a lot. And it's okay. If you don't want to forgive someone and you're not ready, that's okay. I'm not saying you're a bad person or anything like that. No, not at all. Um, everyone heals at their own pace and everyone does shadow work at their own pace or wants to dive into it at their own pace. But I do encourage everyone to look into it or start thinking about it um, because I don't want anyone to live a miserable life. I want everyone to live their best life and their full potential, so I do want everyone to start healing, but I don't want to shove that down anyone's throat, so it's okay if you're not ready. Um, So, how to do shadow work. Number one, journal. Journaling is a powerful way to feel emotions and empty your head of the thoughts rumbling around. Getting thoughts from your head onto paper is a magical alchemy. If you're not sure how to journal, just start writing. Write whatever comes to mind. You can't do it wrong. You could also take the questions mentioned early earlier, what am I feeling? How... Why am I feeling this? And use them as prompts to investigate on paper. And like I've mentioned, a lot of times you can look at prompts online, um, write yourself a forgiveness letter, like as if you're writing your younger self a forgiveness letter, if, it, if that is part of your shadow. Um, write the person that you haven't forgave, even if they've never apologized a forgiveness letter. I've done that multiple times and it has helped. And of course, it's not going to just take one time and you're set to go, but it does take time. It it does take practice. This is work. This is hard work for yourself, but you're investing in yourself. So, always remember that. This is why I emphasize self-love and that's why I love this journey because it's so fulfilling and once you reach that self-love, you will give it to others. Oh, number two, write a letter. (laughs) You don't actually have to send the letter, but get all your feelings out on paper. Explore why you feel certain ways and tell the person in mind how you feel. This is a good way to validate yourself and your emotions, particularly if you grew up thinking that your feelings were not valid. Consider burning the letter after you write it as a symbolic release. You can also do this on full moons or um, new moons, um, or if you you can also do this on New Year's. I think I'm going to do that or a list of things I want to release. Um, Number three, meditate. Sometimes in meditation, we may have insights about why we feel certain ways. It's also possible to spontaneously heal by feeling our emotions. In my own practice, I find healing comes in layers. I heal a small amount and then just must return later to dig deeper. However, sometimes people can have more profound, deeper experiences... You might try a forgiveness meditation, visualize the person in mind and say, may you be happy, may you be at peace, may you be free of suffering, and cut the soul tie. And I have i think I said that in my last episode too without even reading this article first. And um, meditation, things will come up and you're like an onion, you have layers. Um, so it takes time, like I said, but it's okay. Next one is feel. Feel your emotions, explore them, write about them, move, make art, experience yourself as a whole loved, and lovable. The shadow thrives on secrecy. Bring the hidden parts of yourself to light. Bathe them in self-love. Even if the process hurts, know that it's okay that everybody goes through the same thing and you're allowed to feel, you're allowed to cry, you're allowed to release. Uh, But like I said, always follow it with light work. All right, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and... I'm sorry that last question was super long, but, you know, I get a lot of questions about shadow work, so I hope you guys can refer back to this episode (laughs) whenever you have a question. But I hope you guys did enjoy this episode. And one last quick message. So one of my Twitter friends, actually, who I met during my research, during my whole beginning phases of TikTok, she was in one of my first TikTok Group chats or Twitter group chats where we talked about all the child trafficking and all that. But, anyways, she actually works for a children's shelter. And if you don't follow me on Instagram or Twitter, I actually posted about this. And she's looking for people to donate and buy gifts for them from their Amazon wish list. I did post the wish list in my link on my bio. So it's the first link if you want to check it out. If you want to directly contact her, her at on Twitter is for better days. And you can ask her how you can just donate some money. But I guess these children don't get a lot of donations and the shelter just treats them really badly and it's very corrupt. So if you can, with whatever you can, please check out the link or just reach out to her directly. Just wanted to quickly add this in. But yeah, um, thank you guys so much for listening, and I hope you wake up with superpowers on Monday. I honestly don't know what's going to happen, but I know that it's all going to be good vibes and good energy, and I will most likely post an episode next Friday, and I will be talking about Christmas and the corruptness that went on during those times when the Roman Catholic Church changed Christmas into something more evil than it actually is and how it's used for consumerism rather than anything else. So, but yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend and stay grounded, do your inner work, and I'll catch you guys later. Again, if you need me at woke with Kels on Twitter or Instagram, but I prefer you message me on Twitter. I replied almost everyone on Twitter. And if you want to be featured in my next episode with a question, go ahead and click the link in my bios. All right, guys. I love you so much. Bye.